97X, the future of rock and roll with the RC Mob. Get on the bus. Bare Naked Ladies from their debut album. And we got things started off with Too Much Joy and Long-Haired Guys from England. Oddly enough, that three are part of the four bands playing the 97X 10th anniversary show at Bogarts. It'll be an awesome time. We'll have a fashion show, a character artist, and more. It's going to be a show for the ages. Again, all at Bogarts, 97X 10th anniversary Dave. show. Dave. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, but the uh-huh. 10th anniversary show, which, by the way, was freaking awesome, was back yeah. in 1993. It's now 2022. Yeah. You've done that thing uh-huh. again where you you have like a flashback to your radio days. You and I both worked at 97X. We love those days, but now we just do a podcast about those days. So there's no going to be no broken bottle in the bathroom of Bogarts to kick this whole thing off? No, probably not. But the good news is, Dave, you mentioned the Royal Crescent Mob, and we have the lead singer, the, the past and future lead singer of the Royal Crescent Mob, David Ellison, joins us today. David, welcome. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you on here, and, and there's a good reason that we have you on. David, tell us about what's going on in December. Christmas. <laughs> and because we want to bring the joy back to Christmas, the Royal Crescent Mob are doing two shows, uh, December 16th, one in Columbus at a venue called the Athenaeum, and then December 17th in the Cincinnati and Covington area at the Madison Theater, um, part of a benefit for the American Cancer Society and the Tri-State Area Cancer Research Fund. So first two shows uh, since 1994. Well, I have done walking down the street at two of my niece's weddings. <laughs> and we, and we did it at my mom's, my mom's uh, celebration of life ceremony last year. Uh, except Harold couldn't make that show. He had a gig that night, but Carlton and B were there. Yeah. And, and, and you mentioned both shows, a fundraiser for cancer and cancer research and, uh, cancer seems to touch many families, including, most of the RC mob family. The way this all came about, really, uh, I mean, there's always been talk about possibly getting together and doing a show, but I'm in California and I'm in the touring world now. Uh, so my schedule is always in flux or I'm in the middle of a tour. Just was never going to be a really good time for me to think about doing it. So I just never really entertained the thought. But then uh, Carlton Smith, our drummer, uh, was diagnosed with glioblastoma, which is a horrible brain cancer. Uh, Mr. B's wife, Sally, uh, passed just, just this past May uh, of pancreatic cancer. And then I was diagnosed with prostate cancer back in June or July. Um, and I had my treatment just a couple of weeks ago down at UCLA in Los Angeles. So when Carlton reached out to all of us about doing the show, it was kind of like a no brainer, really. It was something he really felt strongly about. And I think really meant a lot to him if we could do this. And I just, I, I mean, it, there was really no second guess or second thoughts on it. It's just like, there's no time like right now to do it. And then with all the cancer that's uh, going, uh, that we're all dealing with the different uh, variations of it, it seemed right to do it um, and do it as a benefit for uh, uh, the American Cancer Society. And then they chose, with in my conversations with them, 
they brought up the tri-state area cancer research fund, which I like the idea of having kind of a localized, um, uh, group to, that involved that w w is in our area. I think, um, you know, I'm being in, in California, I think I'm uh, uh, lucky to have a lot of really kind of cutting edge treatments out here uh, available um, in, in different, not just in prostate, but in just other things um, that may not exist in, in Kentucky or, or, or hard to get in, you know, hard to find. And just so anything that uh, will raise awareness and help that group along. Um, I just thought was, uh, I like the idea of keeping it, you know, as an Ohio area type thing. Although I was, uh, if you would have, if you would have sat me down and said, what's the tri-state area I would have put in Indiana, not West Virginia. Same. No offense, uh, West Virginia and fans of the mob from West Virginia, but that's just, I think anyway. So that's how that all came about. Um, and we're just super excited, you know, to do these. It's been through almost 30 years. And, uh, you know, I, I think just my initial observations of each individual, there's a, there's a real excitement. And I, like I had put, there's a press release that we put out about nothing. I, I mean, I've got it here somewhere. Um, just the joy of playing music together and how it kind of uplifts the human soul. And I, 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 I see that at the end of the day, all of these shows are great that, that we're doing them and that we're doing it for uh, you know, American Cancer Society and that fans are gonna be there and a lot of fans get, a, you know, old fans, however many there are still out there um, coming to the show. But at the end of the day, we're really doing it for uh, the four of us. Uh, and I, you know, I, 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 I've had this recurring dream uh, or I have this recurring dream. Uh, maybe it'll end after this, after these two shows that we do these, we, we get together and we do a show and about 10 people show up. And for some reason I have to play guitar as well. And like, I don't know how to play guitar. So uh, once I got over the initial, uh, like, Oh my God, what if nobody comes and wrap my head around? It's about the four of us playing music together and lifting our spirits and just, you know, giving joy uh, to each other and everything else is just icing on the cake. Now with, with you in the touring world and living out in, in California, uh, I know I've seen Happy or Harold a few times in the tri-state area over the years, so I know he's around. Um, so is the rest of the band still based uh, in Ohio? Yeah, Carlton's in Columbus and B's down in Cincinnati. Okay. Yep. So how do you guys get together uh, and practice after, you know, 28 years? Uh, we've done enough shows. We'll, we'll figure it out. No, uh, we're, we're trying to use this technology called Jack trip. Uh, we've started using that. It's a company based in California. It just so happens. My brother's the chief strategic officer for them. And he brought it the, to our attention. And basically what it does, um, it pretty much eliminates the latency issues of, of being in different spots. Um, now it's really meant for a radius of three or 400 miles. And we've had a little bit of issue with me being out here, but we're trying to work around that. Um, so that's, uh, uh, 
one way that we're trying to do things like B and I got together a couple weekends ago and just jammed out on some blues stuff and uh, then started doing, you know, some mob stuff. And, you know, my biggest problem was I didn't remember the lyrics. <laughs> uh, we started doing, uh, yeah, a few different things. So we're doing that. Um, a funny thing, we were doing the big payback. And like I said, well, hold on, let me grab the lyrics from whatever lyric.com. And like, we start doing it and I go, Oh, shit. That's what he said there. That's what he said there. I didn't, I didn't have that. And, oh, and I said, Hey B, you know what? Lyrics.com didn't exist when we were a band. You actually had to sit down and listen to the record. And that's why I came up with what I came up with. It sounded like he said, I'm going to whoop you up, you know, whatever. And he actually said, I'm having a hooping good time. And, you know, it's just like, <laughs> we didn't have that available to us. Uh, so we're, we're, we're doing that. B's gone up to Columbus once and they sat around and jammed. We were just on the phone to call together. I'm going to try to go in for a couple of days, the first week of December. And then we're going to do rehearsals the week, uh, go in early the week of the shows. Uh, and we'll do rehearsals. Oddly enough, I, the other night I started, uh, just playing stuff with my headphones on and singing. My wife was out of town. So singing top of my lungs and not annoying anybody, uh, along with the songs. Um, and it does, it comes back pretty quickly, really. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I may need a teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can always do the trick where you put the mic out to the crowd, right? And they'll, they'll pick yeah, up. The right. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, use all the tricks that I've seen my uh, artists that I tour with uh, employ, yeah. <laughs> including auto tune. Oh, well, nice. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, so, so you mentioned. It's perfect. <laughs> David, you, you mentioned yeah. Carlton uh, battling uh, brain cancer right now. So, so how's he doing and where is he in his treatment right now? He's good. Uh, He's getting ready to do another round of uh, uh, chemo, I think, starting this week. He's done a chemo and radiation round already. And a lot of steroid stuff, which steroids are real bare. I don't know if you've ever had, you know, it, it, uh, yeah, it, it disrupts your sleep pattern. Uh, um, just they're hard. So he's doing the chemo uh, this week, I think, for five days. Um, but he's... And his spirits are really good. You know, he's super, uh, you know, it, look, it, his cancer is a really dire one and it's hard to say, uh, yeah, the difference between his and mine is just, I never really had a freak, freak out moment on mine because I saw it kind of coming cause I've been screening every year and just saw it, my PSA go up a little bit and then take up a little bit more and then. I kick up once more time, like, well, got to go do the biopsy now. So I, I mean, not being negative, but I just like, I don't know that's the way this is going. Um, but my, you know, prostate cancer is, is one of those cancers like uh, caught early. There's just tons of treatments for it. And it's just a matter, it's almost like what treatment am I going to do? I, there's, you know, there's a grab bag of them out there. Um, and the, the, uh, uh, rate of, uh, um, success is in the 85, 90% range, which considering that's, that's pretty damn high. I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't, you know, our age that or my age 
they don't even bother having that checked and haven't been to the doctor in seven years and have no idea what's going on there. <clears throat> so um, Carlton, but his spirits are really good. You know, I mean, I just feel like he, you know, you don't want to, I don't want to sound morbid or anything like that. Like he's going to live for 30 years because that's not the history or of this type of cancer, but every person's different and every treatment's different. And, um, you know, you cross your fingers and you pray that, you know, he, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's that. So, um, but right now, I mean, he's great. Uh, he's, he's good. Uh, so I'm going to bring up what you, you talked about the PSA and testing. Cause, um, I have two brothers that survived prostate cancer and, and it, it was doing what you did following the PSA, seeing what's going on. Uh, and you're right, it's, it's, it's controlled, but it goes back to you, you know, when you get to be our age, these are things to test for and, and, and look out for. Yeah, you know, um, I was on a conversation with uh, Kevin, I don't have to remember his last name, the guy I'm dealing with from the American Cancer Society. One of the things we're going to be, you know, so at each venue we'll have uh, information tables uh, out in the concourse lobby area, and I'm getting uh, a, a uh, a group out of Connecticut called Project Purple, which deal with uh, prostate, uh, not prostate, um, pancreatic cancer. They're not sending anybody, but they're going to send uh, some materials with a QR code that you can screen on and, and uh, click on or uh, click on uh, and, and get uh, more information. But one of the things he talked about that we're going to try to feature is that during COVID, um, screening really dropped off uh, for a lot of different cancers. And it was just because I'm sure if, if any of you and or uh, guys had any sort of medical thing, I mean, COVID just made it real difficult to deal with shit. I mean, it's like, oh, I got they want me to come in, but before I do, I got to go get a PCR test. But you can't get a P. They, they need they need results in 48 hours, but they can't guarantee PCR results for 72 hours. Hell, I just went through that uh, the other day when I, before I went down to UCLA for my treatment, they said, you need a PCR test. I said, fine. So I went to my hospital who, where I, the, some of the, one of the oncologists uh, that I've been working with, I've got two, one in LA and one here um, is out of, and like, I didn't get, <laughs> I didn't get the results. So after my procedure was done, it's like, this is, you know, so they've made during COVID, it just, it, it, they, so many hurdles were thrown up that it would be super easy for somebody to say, I'm not going to bother with it. But, you know, uh, colon cancer is like that as well. Uh, very treatable uh, thing if, you know, caught early. Um, so, yeah, we're trying to uh, uh, do some awareness uh, we'll have available there uh, about screens. But you're right. That's, you know, if you're not super easy you know uh before i took the miley cyrus gig i had an offer from imagine dragons and uh i didn't take it and they're still out on tour and i so i would still be out on tour and i guarantee you i wouldn't have had i mean that, that was kind of lucky just i wouldn't have had i wouldn't have been checking yeah where well, i was like eh, you know i'll put it off uh the Royal Crescent Mob uh, reunion shows uh, December 16th in Columbus, December 17th in Cincinnati area, Madison Theater in Covington, Kentucky. It's madisontheater.com. 
and tickets are 30 bucks and proceeds benefit American Cancer Society and Tri-State Cancer Research Fund. So, um, but I know it's a, a tough time right now, especially with Carlton, uh, but Dave and I, not just as, as people who worked at the radio station that was um, early backers of the Royal Crescent Mob, we're just super excited to see this band get back together because man, when you played live, I mean, it was magical. Like, and, and people just went bonkers. Like one of the best live bands, not just in the Midwest, but best live bands. Well, thank you. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, our shows definitely uh, had um, an energy that people, it, it really had this, effect on people. I mean, it was uh, something that everyone left just drenched, happy. Uh, you know, the, people still talk about it. I mean, when I, if I'm reading something, if I find something or, uh, or somebody sends me something on it, it's always about, oh, you should have seen this band live. I mean, even uh, uh, Dave Grohl from the Foos, you know, used to come see us when he was a teenager in uh, DC at the 930 club. And then, you know, he, to the, you know, he's still, uh, a fan. So there's something about our live shows and they were irreverent. They were off, you know, off the cuff. They were funny. We would do a cover that you wouldn't think we would do, but you know, I mean, that wasn't anything unique. I mean, the replacements did that all the time as well. I just think, uh, you know, the musical climate back then versus today is, you know, so different. Um, uh, but I do hope that, you know, we, uh, well, I'm not, we're able to pull off the that bring to still bring that kind of fun and energy to the show 30 years later uh um i don't have have uh you know i'm not that person necessarily so i got to figure out like how do you how do you become that person without becoming a parody of that person <laughs> uh, that's true <laughs> it's like there's there is this band, this Led Zeppelin cover band in my little town here at the Music in the Park thing. And I was walking the dog by and, uh, you know, if you closed your eyes, they sounded pretty good. They weren't bad. But then if you opened his eyes, they all thought it would be a really good idea to dress the part. And, and they were fat middle-aged guys. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys thinking? <laughs> I mean, dude, you can't even see your shoelaces. You're not Robert Plant. <laughs> Let's hope he didn't have his shirt off. You know, they did. You know, you know, I'm just like, oh, this is horrible. I can't. Like, I, 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 like, I must leave. <laughs> Sorry, dog. It's You'll good. have to do your business elsewhere. So, yeah, I'm not going to be doing hair extensions. Uh, uh, it is what it is. <laughs> no, um, I, I didn't even wear glasses back then. Now I do. Well, well one of the, the, the shows that, that I remember, which we saw many shows at Bogart's, uh, over the years, though, was the 10th anniversary show. And what was interesting is about two months ago uh, popped up. You know, it's hard to find new music as much anymore. Uh, but Too Much Joy has a brand new record out. And I thought to myself, <laughs> wow. And then I thought of, of Bare Naked Ladies and I thought of you guys. And then next thing you know, you know, six weeks later, this show's popping up on my radar. Yeah, Carlton stays in touch with, uh, I forget which uh, member of Too Much Joy. Um, there was a guy that, that was a cop as well. Uh, mm -hmm. I forget his name. Um, you know, it's funny. I have a really crappy memory. Um, 
So when you were just talking uh, earlier in the intro, the, the 10th anniversary show, it's like, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but you know, if you would have asked me flat out, did you guys do a 10th anniversary show for WXY and who played? I would have said, I don't remember and I don't know. <laughs> but now when, once you laid it out, they're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that show. Uh, there's a podcast up in Columbus called, I think it might be called Local Music Podcast or something like that. Uh, I'm not sure, but a few months ago, they had uh, interviewed Dan Dugan and uh, Kurt Schieber. Uh, Dan used to do stashes and Kurt was, uh, had a little brother, or, um, School Kids Records. So we put our first label, our first record out on No Other Records, which was his label. But they were going through all the stories from back in the day. And honestly, I, I don't remember them until they said them. Uh, and so that this whole kind of thing, like on the, the call we had, uh, with the band guys today and just discussing what songs you should do, shouldn't do. And I've been going back, re-listening to a lot of the music, which I hadn't listened to really in a long time, you know, like, Oh yeah, I hated that song or oh, that song. I love that song. It, it just kind of, it's been kind of, it's been fun to revisit, uh, revisit these things that I just literally kind of really put in a box and, and kind of shut the box and went in a different way. Uh, so it's, it's been a lot of fun. Well, I think you're going to get a lot of people because when the show came, that box opened up again for all of us. I mean, just on the 97X WXY side of it, I can probably tell you a list of 12 to 15 former staffers that have already bought tickets coming from as far as away as Chicago to see the show. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that both shows are a sellout. Uh, we all have a good time. The band has a great time getting back together and we raise money and awareness for cancer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it has been a lot of fun just kind of revisiting these songs and whatnot uh, that I just hadn't listened to in a long time. Um, so and our old friend and former 97X colleague, Dan Reed, is involved in this as well. Yeah, he's going to, I don't know if he told you he's going to uh, DJ as well. Yeah. Yes. It, which was, it was perfect because when we were talking about this, Dan is actually, um, he's been pushing for a reunion for a few years. And he's always like, he's called me every once in a while. And I, I sometimes I occasionally... I would run into him if I were doing a show in Philadelphia and I had some extra time. Um, he kind of started pushing it a few years ago. And again, I've always kind of been the reluctant holdout, mainly because I just didn't think it was going to work schedule wise. Um, this is kind of working out because I'm with Molly, uh, but uh, I've got a show in Mexico city this coming weekend and then new year's Eve, but we're just in this, like she's finishing a record kind of mode. So timing couldn't be, couldn't be better. Uh, so Dan's always been kind of pushing for it, but then uh, he's involved with this as well, um, just because of his ex-Cincinnati roots and it's Dave Steed and, uh, you know, Steve Libertori and just the old, the, the old gang. But I didn't really, we talked about like, well, well, should we get, you know, who do we get to open up for us? And I was like, I don't know. I don't want to sound like a sourpuss, but does, you know, I don't know who, I don't know who you get to open up and does the audience really want to hear somebody open up or, 
maybe we should get a DJ. And, and then in subsequent conversations, uh, I didn't know that Dan had a, uh, a show every, I think it's every Friday at XPN. That's his station, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, kind of a old school funk, you know, show. Like, well, fuck, that's perfect. I mean, because what I, what I, what I was saying to the band is like, we should just get something that just like creates this atmosphere that not to sound like, Oh, I don't like today's music kind of guy or anything like that because I'm well versed in pop music, you know, uh, field myself. Um, but I thought, I think our audience would really appreciate like a really great party. If we can have like a DJ doing something, playing music that, um, just because that's what we did as a band as well. You know, we would do our songs, but then, I go off on a tangent on some hip hop de la soul thing or Harold would do that. And just, I don't have those, I don't have that knowledge now of the current hip hop climate to go into that. Or I just, you know, I'm not going to be doing that. Uh, Lizzo's uh, in a minute, you know, about damn time thing. Maybe I will. I just got to write it. It needs to be on the teleprompter. <laughs> but, but so with Dan as the DJ, I thought, well, that's perfect. You know, then I said, hey, Dan, you want to do Columbus as well? He said, sure. So that was exactly what I was kind of hoping we'd find and we found it. So it's great. Kind of like uh, when you would do uh, Two Sisters and throw in the Hokey Pokey. Well, yeah, which is the first hip hop song of all time. Yeah. Even before Grandmaster Flash, <laughs> Rapper's Delight. Now, David, you, you've referenced a couple times uh, Miley Cyrus. You're the tour manager for Miley Cyrus right now. How, how did you like walk us through from you know post Royal Crescent Mob to where you are now? Like, how did you evolve into the career you've had for nearly thirty years as well? Uh, well, you know, if I'm sh I was the guy in the band, the, the mob that kind of did the, the business side of things, so to speak. So when we broke up or disbanded, I don't really think we broke up. We just paid off our final credit card and called it a day. That was really it, actually. Um, I made some calls to, uh, uh, our old booking agent. So, well, I'm looking if, you know, if there's a band he's a tour manager i'm looking to get into it and surprisingly enough very quickly i got a call to do an australian band named frente i don't know if you remember them yes and they had that they had a hit going at the time or of uh new orders bizarre love triangle mm -hmm. cover of that and uh myself and uh monty our sound guy uh we drove rented a van and drove out to denver because they were about to um at the time in 90, 1994, uh, County Crows were kind of like that. They were a big band then. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that was my first tour. And then right after that, I did uh, Grantley Buffalo opening up for REM on their world tour on well, either Green or Monster Record. I don't know it was one of those. Uh, and then I got uh, Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill, starting in little dinky clubs. And that, as we all know, kind of blew up. Uh, and so uh, that was um, a real eye opener because it was, I, you know, none of us, including Alanis, they expected what came from that, just the crazy hysteria of it. And just the fact that a female artist was selling that many records and worldwide and just, you know, those were, 
it's like Billie Eilish kind of reminds me of not of Alanis musically, but of that period where you put a show on sale and and a minute later it was sold out and then all the advertising money that was budgeted would be like, well, we're going to make it a lot of, you didn't have to spend that 50 grand, did you? <laughs> no, no radio spots needed. <laughs> and, and, uh, oh. So yeah, I did that. And I, I, after that, it was the Goo Goo Dolls and I was with those guys for seven years or so, three record cycles. So they just kind of, yeah, kept going. And then I got into more female pop artists, Avril, um, Camila Cabello, Danny Lovato, Miley. So what's the role of the tour manager? It's still the business part of it. Do you bring oh. the gun to the booker to make sure you get paid? Is that how it works? No, they all, I think those days are long gone. I deal mainly with uh, the logistics of moving uh, an artist like her, be it hotels, travel, the group that's, um kind of you know she's it's it's a fairly large group of people when you factor in glam and wardrobe and uh you know her mom travels with us um camilla's mom traveled with her uh uh so i'm i'm mostly the logistics guy uh for everything venue wise just i mean i don't deal with obviously any of the booking um, production manager handles the technical aspect, but basically myself and the production manager are kind of work in tandem, uh, to ensure the success of, uh, the show. So, um, you know, each artist is different. Their needs are different. Uh, I haven't worked with a, uh, an actual band in a while. I kind of miss that. Um, yeah, I think the last band I worked with was, was Panic at the Disco. There's something unique about four band, four or five band members. There's a, a comical weirdness about them that that's you don't necessarily get with just solo artists. Uh, I, I think Ballad of Monty Temple is a good example of that. <laughs> yeah, well, we were just talking about that song because I brought that up and said. You know, I just listened to that again the other day. I said, I, I do that song. And it was like, yeah, I, I, we, we should do that. We should learn that song. Um, I, I was going to ask you, you know, now that you're married, uh, your wife, did you, she know you when you were in the band? No, she did not. So she's going to get, she gets to see a part of my life that she didn't get to see before. So, uh, yeah, she's super excited about it. Um, a lot of people are coming from California. A lot of her friends are actually flying in. Um, all, a lot of my family, all a good chunk of my, all my brothers and their kids are coming in. So it's kind of Nelson family reunion in a way, which is cool because, uh, it gets us all together. And, we, and my sister-in-law, uh, has been dealing with her own cancer on and off. Uh, and she, you know, she just, she had, uh, uh, tumors removed from her. She had breast cancer, has breast cancer that metastasized up to her brain, but she had some tumors where she's doing okay. But so it's kind of like this impromptu party popped up and everybody gets to come in and be together, uh, at this event, uh, which I'm kind of pretty grateful for. So yeah, my wife, this is the, uh, first time, um, she'll, uh, ever see me perform this in the house. 
but she's you know she's excited about it it's just you know it's like two very different people uh that she was you know she doesn't know that guy me you know i mean mm-hmm. that was a long time ago and uh i mean i'm not that much different but i am i am i'm not that much different but i am that much different you know i'm not gonna i can't i'm not gonna be that person um but somehow the music's going to make me that person yeah if that makes any sense yeah that was the thing i discovered the other night when i was just sitting there jamming at home alone and i was standing up in front of uh there's a, uh, a window in front of uh, uh, in front of it, the desk going outside, and I had the light overhead on. It was dark out, so it picked up my reflection in the window, and I it was singing. So I was actually able to watch myself, kind of, which was cool because I kind of, you know, was able to watch myself move and like, do I at least have you know, I'm not, you know. <laughs> Yeah, not doing the Elaine sign from Seinfeld, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I don't want people to say, "Well, that guy used to be really kind of smooth and funky. What the hell happened to him?" Um, uh, so, since this is a, a podcast that we started about '97 X, you know, I've always wondered some of the bands that we played a lot. Um, that we helped along the way. What did they think of the station? You're asking me? Yeah. Well, I mean, what, Boston, obviously. What was that? I'm sorry. Oh, no. Uh, I, you know, I always, it's funny, before you reached out to me, I kept, I, I couldn't remember what was the call letters of the station because OXY was really based in Oxford. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, no, not Oxford. Um, my uh yeah it's oxford ohio we weren't we weren't part of miami university we had to be in the college town though right um you know because we got such great support from you guys and it's just like i'm sure those stations exist still in different markets but uh you know you guys and then there was cd 101 in columbus who are actually they've changed their call numbers they're actually uh helping to promote the columbus show i i I don't know how much they're doing on it by other spots, whatever, as is WCBE. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were always glad to have your support. And, you know, it was definitely hard. I think there was a period early on in uh, not just our career, but anybody in the music world kind of like, or the indie music world, let's say, the late 80s into the early 90s getting into nirvana uh that there was places to go and then it seemed like the landscape really switched quickly mm-hmm. we're like that just kind of fell off the earth and it, it you know um, music switched into more mainstream or real category uh categorized uh, uh, uh station so they played this type this type that type yeah. the idea i mean god bless um uh what's the station in w uh in chicago um xrt yeah god bless yeah. them and i haven't listened to them years but i still think there's also uh you know w w o x what's there's one in new orleans as well um oh i know i know the one you're talking about i can't yeah. think of them off the top of my head but yes I think oxo or ox something <clears throat> um i do feel like closer to the end of our uh 
band period, 93, 94, that the radio landscape really, when, when, so like WOX and Y today is what? It, it finally went off the air totally. It went, it went, went all digital, but I think it's been off actually any sort of uh, broadcasting, what, 15 years, Damien? Yeah, but then that, that frequency now, 97.7, is a Spanish uh, language station. If, if you, you can figure out, get on the bus in Espanol. Yeah, well, can... you know what? Uh, that, I'll work on that because that's a large that's a large market that we never tapped into, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it could be it could be you know it could be very lucrative. So, I'd be stupid not to at least give it one shot. <laughs> And, and so, David, uh, you know, from your view as, uh, you know, being in an indie band back in the late 80s, early 90s, and then now uh, many years as a tour manager, like you said, Goo Goo Dolls, Alanis, uh, and, and some more recently more pop artists, where do you think the music business is going? And what, what advice would you give to a band, you know, to younger David if you were starting out a band? Well, I mean, uh, do you guys play music on your podcast? No, we can't. No. We'd have to pay an arm and a leg to. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Why well, you could stiff the band? Spotify's doing it. True. <laughs> yes. Figuratively speaking, uh, um, I think uh, Damien, you mentioned it earlier. Like you, you said something uh, about keeping up, or it's hard to find, discover new stuff, which, or it, which. I agree kind of on that, but I also agree that I'm maybe lazy. So it's harder. It, there's so much, it, there's so many places that exist. Like I read an article, as a matter of fact, uh, there's an article in New York in, in this week's New Yorker about an artist named Weeze, W-E-Y-E-S. It's not a real name. I forget. So when I read things about like, oh, I'll go check it out and get on Spotify and go check it out. Eh, not crazy about it. Um, so uh, it's it's probably my fault uh, that it's, it's been difficult finding new uh, music that I like. Um, in in my world that I'm in right now, it, it almost seems like I know they're out there. The band, the actual rock and roll bands, are, I know they're out there. I'm just not exposed to them. And especially in, you know, in pop music world, it's not even music anymore. I mean, it is music, but it's also branding. Mm -hmm. Like every artist is not just working on, this is my new record, they're working on their brand, which I can't say, um, you know, not that I dislike it, but, you know, it's just not my thing. But everybody's got their, you know, with has their brand. And so I'm... No, there's a lot of rock bands out there. I just, it doesn't necessarily uh, probably speak to me. I mean, I don't even want to say that because it makes me just sound like I'm a little crusty guy. Hey, get off my lawn. So, yeah, so it's there. I haven't been able to, I'm not finding it because I'm not really looking for it. For the most part, I mean, I, every once in a while I come, you know, there's an artist named Alex G that I just read about and something and I went and listened to his latest record. I thought, this is a pretty good record. Yep. Um, but I'm not really myself. I'm not actively looking to discover a lot of new stuff, which is shame on me moment. Um, I guess, uh, 
but music has just gotten more. It's funny how uh, people in the industry still talk about hip hop as if it's a genre where it's really not as it's really like it's the king now. I mean, every every artist is doing something. Every song has got this artist named F E A T period in it. <laughs> I can't find the records anywhere, but feats on everything. Oh, yeah. oh every song, no doubt. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, um, so you know, the world that I inhabit is definitely about brand image social media which i am so glad uh i didn't have to deal with that back i i i sometimes i think like how do you do this you know like just it's too much for you know i'm not that interested in any in it anyway it's like i i'm still amazed did you watch um uh either of you watched that billy eilish documentary i think it might have been on netflix yes i did yes the thing that blew me away about that was just how comfortable both her brother and her were of having that camera on mm-hmm. in their bedroom 24 7 as if it wasn't even there and yes. just like mm-hmm. it was like you know mind-boggling like this that is just their life is is about being public and they have no problem about being public mm-hmm. there's you know um i myself wouldn't today like it i would have liked it back then but when you say rock it's just hard I, it's hard for me i you know it's like greta van fleet uh is that the best we can do for a rock band Let's hope not. <laughs> For some reason, they keep popping up on my TikTok feed. I don't know why. Where's the button to turn that off? <laughs> All right. Well, David, I, I know we're we're past the time that we had allotted to this. So no thank you. Thank you for going long. We appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing the RC Mob. And, and, and one of the things I do want to mention as we're talking about music of today is that the RC Mob, I felt like, you know, rock and punk and definitely funk. And, and you know, so like like doing covers of Ohio player songs, it, it's clear that you like knew the roots of that music. And, you know, shout out to Dayton, Ohio, funk capital of the world. That's where I, yeah, that's where I was born. But no, you're right. We did know the roots of the music. And that, to go back just... Uh, uh, a, a brief uh, question earlier, I, you know, I, that's the thing is like in the whole indie scene back then, I think a lot of people had history. If you, I mean, there, there wouldn't be Nirvana without the Pixies, mm-hmm. um, you know, but today I'm not, it's like someone doing a thing on TikTok or Instagram in their bed. I mean, it, labels literally do scour TikTok, they find like a song that they think this person is great and they sign that person. That person may have no history to anything or knowledge of any, it's just that that moment. That's just kind of where, that's where the industry kind of has gone. It's just like, cause they're too lazy to go out and uh, that, yep. that's just yeah. where the discoveries are taking place at now. Like just need a seven second hook for a TikTok and you're golden. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, well, I'm hoping some uh, folks discover the Royal Crescent Mob. They'll be bringing their kids. 
I, yeah, that, 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 I'm curious of that. Hopefully that uh, it's, it's multi-generational. It'll be awesome. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Once again, Saturday, December 17th at the Madison Theater in Covington. MadisonTheater.com is where you can get tickets and proceeds. Benefit American Cancer Society and Tri-State Cancer Research Fund. David Ellison, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Damien. Thanks, Dave. 97X. Get on the bus. Get on the bus. Rumblings from the Big Bush.